Hello, and welcome to the Five Core Life Podcast with Will Moore, founder of More Momentum. Now, if you have not already, please follow and subscribe to the podcast so you get notified when a new episode drops every week. On today's episode of the podcast, Will sits down with special guest Mike C-Rock Sirocco. Mike shares a story about having a wealthy father and a loving poor mother that created an unhealthy environment to grow up in. At age 11, Mike decided to stop living with his dad. Upset, his dad threw a $100 bill at him and told Mike that he'll need that when he's living on the streets with his mom. That set him on fire to prove his dad wrong and to help other people who feel broken. Mike now runs a successful loan company and discusses the culture of gratitude and accountability and the importance of building up people. This is a great interview for an entrepreneur or someone looking to develop greater leadership skills, bring more gratitude, or add more accountability into their life. Are you ready to fire on all cylinders? If so, let's go. Everyone has the same five core areas of their life that ultimately determine how happy they'll be. Unfortunately, most of us have developed failure habits in each, and it's Will Moore's mission to help replace those with success habits to maximize momentum. After exiting his business for a combined nine-figure sum, Will learned it's not just about becoming an entrepreneur of your career, but an entrepreneur of the most important business you'll ever run, your life. And to crush it in your life requires firing on all cylinders in your five cores by continually taking action, building habits, and maintaining balance in each. Happy to have you, brother. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Mike C-Rock Sirocco. Um, C-Rock name came because my last name, a lot of my friends couldn't pronounce it for some reason. <laughs> so they started calling me Can, you got me there? You got me? Sorry about that. I don't know if it's yeah, that on sorry, mine I just, Yeah, I just had an issue with the video feed. I apologize. Okay, but is that mine? I think that yours? was on mine. Um, okay, we'll, we'll see how it goes. If, if I, I have to move can somewhere, you hear me? I will. I, yeah. I can can hear you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. I, somebody was trying to call me. I, I, I need to, yeah, you know what I need to do? I meant to silence that. So yeah, somebody's trying to call me over and over. We're good. I apologize. Please, please repeat. No problem. So, um, I, uh, I'm not sure where I left off, but I, I'm a, Let me see. Unbelievable. I, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is unbelievable. Right. I put it on silent and no. I still got a call, but yeah. So you can just do the second half. <laughs> I think we got the first half. Go ahead. Okay. So this, um, this mortgage company that I run is uh, located in the mid Atlantic region and, uh, Miami. And about uh, a year ago, I decided to start a movement called what are you made of and a podcast to go along with that. And it all started because we started to think in ourselves for our mortgage company, how can we get known besides our local markets? Like, how can we start thinking bigger? Because if we can get known not just nationally, but globally, our local markets will take care of themselves. So we started just thinking big. And not only that for that purpose, but when you start thinking big in that aspect, you start thinking big in other areas of your life. Exercise, diet, spiritual, mindset. Yes. You start – everything starts to change. So – 
I started doing that and I started going after big name guests right away. I didn't wait until I had a little bit of, you know, momentum going. I just started mm -hmm. asking, asking. And people started saying yes right away. They loved the love concept. Um, and the What Are You Made Of movement and podcast is all about one dominating rule, which is to turn all setbacks, letdowns, negativity, including people, into fuel, rocket fuel for your future. And so that's what we do. Um, you know, and I, I bring guests on my show just to share their experiences of setbacks and things like that, that, and how they've used it and converted it into their successes. So, um, but yeah, that's all, what it's all about. And also I'm into big time into people building. And what I mean by people building, I, I think you have your core five or five core, right? That's well, right. There's so many people are broken mindsets, mentalities, uh, physical, there's so many broken people out there. So I want to be building them in our business, and then now we're pushing out into other businesses as well because we want to help businesses build their people. When you build your people, your business will explode, and that's what we we're focused on, and that's called People Building Inc., the new company we started. Dude, you just like – I mean, from the moment you start talking, uh, that's, I'm so glad you're on the show. I mean, there's so much synergy here. Uh, right. I mean, you hit on a couple things, including the very last thing, which is like I preach from the heavens. I, I'm not – Sure, if you're aware, I, I had a business, I grew it. It was a restaurant delivery service, kind of like a Grubhub or like a, uh, an Uber Eats, which there's a lot going on in that industry right now. Very interesting, um, consolidating. Everybody's buying up everybody. So anyways, I grew that business. Our mantra, after the first two to three years, it finally, luckily, dawned on me. And so I at least had about seven years uh, uh, with, with this principle in mind that helped us dramatically, which was, get the right people on the bus immediately, get the wrong people off even quicker. And, you know, I looked as part of our job as, as business owners was, was hiring. And somebody told, I think I read that in a book at some time, at some point, and it just really just resonated with me and helped because I think a lot of people, when they're building their team and they're trying to find the right people, they don't take it seriously enough. They look at it as a nuisance. And as you know, it's like everything. Like having, having good people on your team, having the right people versus people that you're constantly have to stay on. You're having to babysit. You're having, you know, these types of things. It, it, it's, it's night and day. And one of the biggest mistakes I see business owners making is that they try to drag it out. They, they, they think, oh, well, I'll give this person another chance. Or, oh, you know, I'll just, you know, if I could just tweak this or if I give them more money. It's like, no, you need to have kind of like a system of this is what I'm looking for and give them those parameters for accountability. And if they're not meeting them, you know, give them one chance. But if after that, you got to get rid of them. Yeah, I have four pillars to our culture building. And the first one is to have a big, giant, clear, but big and giant vision and goal for the company. And the thing about that is, is that it's got to scare you at the same time, excite you. And it's got to have people thinking that you're crazy. If it's not, it's not big enough. And so that's the way we roll with that, one. And what happens with, with that is we got to do a great job of painting the picture to our team. And when you bring people in, we paint the picture to each individual of what our vision and goals are so that they understand. And then we ask them what their visions and goals are yes. because we want alignment. If we don't have alignment, we have conflict, and then conflict slows your business down. So we don't – we try to – like if you have a vision and goal, we – I have a saying, remove all obstacles. That's everything, any obstacle. If you commit to a goal, you have to remove all your obstacles. So when you have that alignment with your team, from there, the other three things is unlimited income potential. 
we created an opportunity for all of our employees to bring revenue into the company and benefit from it. So in the mortgage industry, we have loan officers, which are your salespeople, and they're on commission. Then we have processors and admin. Well, the processors and admin make a, a salary plus some bonus off of files that they do not bring in, but they, that they work on. Well, we said, you know what? Why don't we encourage them to get licensed or just at least bring business in and ask for business? And what two things happen with that is, is that they can control their income. We don't give raises. We don't raise salaries. We don't do any of that kind of stuff. We, you know, we encourage and train uh, our people on how to go out and get revenue, build their income that way. And so that's one thing it does. The other thing it does is it helps us as a company pay their salary with the revenue that they're bringing in. So right. it's, it, and then it snowballs. It's so like teach a, a man to fish. Sorry to interrupt you. Teach yeah. a man to fish versus just handing them the fish. Yep. You'll get a lot more out of it. Right. Yep. So when we bring people in, we tell them, look, we have unlimited income potential here. It's up to you. Now we'll help you, but you have to buy in. So that's a, that's a, the second one. The next one is uh, a gratitude. Gratitude is so important because when you have a gratitude environment and gratitude culture, there's no room for complaining and bitching and whining. Everybody's thankful for what we have. And we ex express that via uh, uh, our sales meetings. We always start off by naming one person on the team and something they did last week above and beyond or something that they went out of their way for. And when that happens, the animosity between the production staff and the, the administration staff that used to be there is gone. And so that gratitude culture changes everything. And then the last thing is we accountability. I learned this from uh, one of my mentors, Brandon Dawson. Uh, we accountability. Now, usually accountability, people think it comes down from the leader. And it starts right. there. But once you start adding people from a solopreneur to adding people, you have to develop a culture of we accountability because that leader cannot be there at all times. And as you scale and grow bigger, you have to be able to rely on the team to hold each other accountable. And so those are my four pillars to building a great culture. That's what we focus on, and that's changed our business. So I love those. And, you know, I want to emphasize, you know, I, I, I try to extract big picture out of everything I hear. That was a big picture. I'm going to even go 10,000 feet higher. Bottom line is you have a system, right? Every successful entrepreneur, every successful person that I've interviewed, and it's funny, you talked in the beginning about bold and that stuff. I want to get into that as well because that stuff is so important. And I did the exact same thing. I was like, screw it. Let's just swing for the fences. At first, I was like, should we just start interviewing? You know, And, and that's what we did. And, and we equally had success. And it's, it's, isn't it insane when you have success that way that you look around and you're like, why isn't everybody doing this? And you almost yeah. want to keep yeah. it a secret because you're like, well, shoot, if everybody did this, it'd be a lot harder for me to to do it but that's not what we're here to do right we're here to tell people you know how to how to better themselves and, and help themselves um but yeah i mean i love you know everybody has to have a system i have a system i've got my five cores i've got the habits within each you've got your system obviously it's working you can't go through i mean correct me if i'm wrong here but if you want to really kill it whether it's in business and earlier you mentioned i, I use the word the ripple effect but how it spreads when you start succeeding in one area like being an entrepreneur or business and it spreads into your physical, it spreads into your, your emotional health, it spreads into your, your mindset and all these things. But you can't do that without a system. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. And by the way, let me get into something real quick. I want to cover something because I need to let sure. people know. Some people say, man, you're full of energy, you have passion. My fire was lit when I was 11 years old. And my dad, who I, my, I don't remember my parents ever together. So I lived with my dad, did the other, the other weekend thing, the, the uh, child support thing all those kind of battles in court with my parents, not knowing if it was my fault, all this jazz, right? A lot, lot of uncomfortable, awkward situations. Right. 
But at 11, I decided to leave my dad's house because it wasn't the best environment for me to grow up in. I knew that. I didn't know the word culture, but I just knew that it wasn't conducive to a young child growing up into a, in, and being a success. He had right. a lot of money, but, but it, the, 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 there was some mental and, 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 and psychological abuse going on. So when I told him that I wanted to leave and go back to my mom's, he found out via court papers. He said, are you sure you want to do that? Your mom's not well off. And it was true. My mom, we lived in a $30,000 house, no air conditioning. We'd go on vacation to uh, Wildwood, New Jersey, and our, uh, we'd stay like a $30, $30 a night motel with trash ba- black trash bags as our, as our suitcases. I knew that, but I knew that there wasn't that, that mental abuse there. So he was very upset with me at the time, and he always had a wad of $100 bills in his pocket, and I always looked up to him for that. And uh, when, I, when I admitted that I wanted to move and leave, he pulled out that wad of $100 bills. He peeled a $100 bill off and crumpled it up and threw it at me. And said, here, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. And so at 11 years old, I heard that my hero basically giving up on me. I decided at that point, first of all, he wasn't going to be right. I was going to be like on fire to prove him wrong. I'm never going to let up no matter what's going on in my life, no matter what I come into. The other thing I thought, though, is that I wanted to help other people. I wanted to help other people that were given up on that had been, you know, betrayed or let down. And I didn't know how I was going to help him at that time. But the only thing I did know was how to be a role model and do things the right way, despite my circumstances. So I continued on that journey from 11 until, you know, all the way through college, I played sports and just excelled at everything I possibly could for that reason. When I got into yep. business, I started seeing these broken people all over me, all over the place. And I dealt with a lot of mental problems in my, in, not, not for myself necessarily, but my family around me, suicides, drug addiction, alcohol, yep. And, you know, I was always trying to fix those people. I was trying to mend them and fix them. And it drove me nuts when they didn't want the help or they didn't implement the things I knew would work. So nowadays in business, like you said something about we find something that works and sometimes you're like, I don't know if I should share it with competition. But for some reason, I I, I don't know, just from the things I've been through, when I find something that works, I'm so excited to share it with people. And that's why we started People Building Inc., not just to build our people in our mortgage company, but to get outside of our industry and start helping build broken people, rebuild broken people. Um, so, you know, the systems that go along with that, you have to create systems because otherwise there's no consistency and you're just kind of lollygagging all over the place and you're lost in the woods. But, I, you know, I really believe that, first of all, you have to have this passion and fire inside of you because you're not going to get through hurdles and setbacks and, and letdowns. If you don't have that fire, you got to find that somewhere. So I call yeah, there's, that's, that's, there's so much packed in there. Um, everything you're saying, right. I, I, this could easily go two hours. Um, so let me try to extract a few things that, that really resonated with me. By the way, if you see me kind of looking down, I, I take notes on my calls. I'm constantly, I'm like this human science experiment is started. It's funny. You have kind of a rock bottom story. It, it's amazing how many people I interview that have that rock bottom kind of story where it's like, I started here and I had here and I'll tell you, I think part of this, part of that whole thing is there's no better motivation than proving others wrong that don't believe in you. Right. Or, you know, like it, for you, it was your dad. For me, it was my peers and, and, and just people that were like, you know, and my self-hatred of I'm a loser and, and this and that. And then you start to slowly make a little bit of progress. And then you get to what you were just talking about when you get to that desire back by faith. And I want to make it clear to, to everybody don't feel like you need to have your purpose figured out right now and you need to start going full blast. That's not how it works as I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll back me up on this. It's, you know, you've got to kind of start, 
it, it's stages and you got to figure out what are your strengths? What are your passions? Okay. Where do you want to, you know, I like to do this little exercise of funeral lists. Like where do I want to end up in my five course at the end of my life? Like, what do I want said at my funeral? And literally that just fast forwards you into the future. And you got to take a good hard look at where you currently stand. Right. And what are the chances if you keep doing the same things you're doing now that you're going to reach that funeral list. Right. And then, then you start to develop that purpose. And like you just said, it's like this desire backed by faith. It's just like insatiable. And when you, I see it in you, I see your energy. I have it with what I'm doing now. I had it in my business to begin with earlier on. It started to fade. That's why I exited um, our restaurant delivery service. But, and so like the point, you got to have that just like, no matter what, eat, drink, sleep, I am so motivated, no matter what obstacle gets in my way, I'm going to find a way around it and I'm going to succeed because I believe in it and I believe in myself. Yeah. And you know, I know this is your show, but I like, I see comments from people sometimes. It doesn't bother me. I use it as fuel, but that when I talk about broken people, you'll see some people making comments in the, in, in, the, in these threads and live Instagrams. Yep. And for you people that do that, I want you to think about something. I want you to think about why the reason that you're doing that. I want you to like try to go back in your life and figure out where you're lost and and try to figure that out because you know what you're doing is really only hurt yourself when you do that it doesn't really affect me it's not it's not affecting anybody that's on the show that's when you're doing these things and i i feel for you i want to help you so um when you when you hate or put put negative stuff out there it's always going to come back as hate and negativity to you not from the people that you're doing it to necessarily but think about that think about like building people up and how that do good good things happen do bad bad things happen I want to, I want people to know that, and I don't. I'm not afraid to acknowledge when people have issues, and you know I'm not going to say any names, but but just I I care for those people, man. Right on, man. Yeah, you know, I I've learned to when I first started this, which was not long ago. I've only been doing this for a couple months, and I saw some of those comments. You, at first, it it did it did rattle me, and I very quickly remembered my principles and what I'm about, and and what you know I I'm chasing and the big picture. And like you just said, you're always going to have haters. There's different words for them. It's funny. I'm actually mentoring a couple of younger guys in college um, from my alma mater. And they use the word um, right now when people, it's basically, he said it's looked negatively by a lot of people to try to improve yourself. And I was like, well, you know, that feels like that's every generation. There's a different word for it. And in this generation, they're calling it, the Gen Zs are calling it tryhards, Right. So he, this guy's, I'm entering him. He's excelling. He's doing all these things. He's rising above his peers in many other ways. And what's he getting feedback wise? He's getting hate. Why is he getting hate? Because they're down here and he's going here and they're doing their best to drag him, right? They don't want to get left in the dust while he's flying up into the bright, bold, beautiful sky, right? They, they, they've they, given up. They've given up on their, themselves. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I, I've learned to just, I actually block that. If I see, if I see, Neg uh, bad words, I'll block. Otherwise, I usually yeah. leave it because well, it sounded like. Well, Will, here's the thing. What's the opposite of try hard? Not try and soft. Right. So, right. like, what is so the you know I I care for these people, and what happens is a lot of these people eventually will turn the corner and they'll see that. But uh, you know, I I don't I don't shy away from it. I like to call them out because that way they're 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 uh, you know there, there's some focus put on it because I for want sure. people to change, man. No doubt, man. We, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. And, you know, right. So you're always going to have the haters. But like you said earlier, I want to actually go back to a statement. I wrote it down. You, re, you use the word broken people. I talk, I use that word broken all the time. 
And where do broken people come from? Where does it stem from? Nobody's born. We're all born blank slates, tabula rasa, right? Naked and afraid. Nobody's born a bad person. It's the system that we go through. Everybody has different experiences. Right now, I mean, it is, it could not be more like black and white as to like the fact that there's different people that were raised differently. You look at Democrats versus Republicans. I mean, I, you know, I know that politics has always been an issue ever since I've grown up, but I've never seen it this divide. I mean, it's literally like you could not cut the tension with a knife if you got a Republican and a Democrat in a room. And that just is absolutely insane to me. Same with, you know, the, the Me Too movement, men versus women. Now the Black Lives Movement, um, Black Lives Matter. You know, it's like there's there's so many people that grew up a certain way. And if you grew up racist, around racist parents, if you grew up in a racist school, guess what? And nobody's teaching you values and, and what's right and what's wrong. And you're not getting that. You're going to be racist, right? But does that make, here's where I go with it. Does that make that person bad? Initially, the, the 95 percenters, I call them, will immediately go, that person's uh, you know, an evil, bad person. And that's where all this hate, and, and then we just do this. Versus that empathy for that person saying, you know what? That person just grew up with a broken set system, whether it was the parents, the, you know, the, the school, the media, their peers, whatever. And this is what their belief systems come to believe. And like you just said, how can I help turn their belief system around? Not by pointing and shouting at them and telling them you're wrong, which as we all know, our good friend Woodrow Wilson once said, you come to me with your fist doubled, I'm going to double them just as fast. It does not work. And you would think that we would get that as humans by now, but that's all we're doing. That's all you yeah. see all over the media. Yeah, what, what it comes down to is 100% responsibility. You have to take 100% responsibility. How did I affect the situation? What could I do differently? What could I have done differently to change the outcome? But if you notice, and it happens on both sides, one more on the other than the other. I'm not going to go in what side's which, but blame, pointing fingers, right. letting other people take control of what really happened instead of taking control back and taking accountability and fixing the problem. And But here's the thing, dude. It's all, it's all planned. It's all for an agenda. Nobody wants anybody to be united. They want to divide. And I, I say nobody, but I'm talking about in media and politics. They want to divide because that's the only way that they can really go at each other and then get votes. And so um, unity does not work in politics. It just doesn't. It never has, but it's gotten worse, obviously. But at the end of the day, it does come down to 100% responsibility. Make it sure that you can figure out what you can do to control the situation and stop blaming other people. Dude, so again, you're like my, the other half of my brain. So I, what you just <laughs> said is, is the, first, the first core that I talk about, which is the most important, is your mindset. And what I'm trying to get people to become is what I call a growth owner versus what most people are, which is a fixed victim, right? Taking responsibility, not playing the victim of, oh, poor me, you know, my, I am the way I am and everybody else is wrong and there's nothing I can really do about it. So I'm just going to let fear drive me and point the fingers at other people and just kind of hover just above rock bottom my whole life because I'm too scared to be bold and to do all these other things. And if I see anybody going against my belief system, that, you know, then, then that must mean that they're, that they're wrong, right? The finger pointing versus the growth owner. That's like, okay, I was born with a certain set of skills. I was also born with a certain set of weaknesses. I, I, use the, I always use the word weaknesses in quotes because everybody has them. And this is what's crazy. Like we're in this, this instant generation where you see all these celebrities and, all, and, you, and we're, we're convinced to think that 
you got to be perfect, right? Social media, everybody's air, airbrush, all these perfect lives and whatnot. But no, everybody has their faults. Everybody has their problems. And you want to focus, but you want to focus on the things that you're good at. You want to outsource all the rest. I don't know how you do it, man, but I, I have, I've literally got a list of all the weak, of the, the weaknesses, things that I'm not great at, that I don't want to spend my time doing. I want to spend my time doing the things that I know that I'm good at and that I can excel at. And that's the best use of my time. And I, I outsource or I find workarounds or I find my, my previous partner, for example, in doorstep delivery, uh, he was great with math and with numbers and analytics. And that's not my strength. I'm more of a big picture, set goals, execute, take action, kick ass, take names. And without him, he was like the yin to the yang. I don't know if we would have succeeded. And, and there's right. so many people out there. It's like, I have to do this and I have to have this. And they try to do it all. And that's just, that's just death. Yeah, I mean, I definitely you have to learn how to delegate, release control to other people for your your weaknesses. Um, not only that, just the amount of time that there is. There's there's a limited amount of time. Time is the only scarcity there is. So that's a part of the problem with the politics and all the stuff that's going on. A lot of it has to do with a scarcity mindset, thinking that there's not enough of something. And really, the only thing that there is a lack of is time. So when you're talking about there, you know, not just your weaknesses, but buying time from people because. That's the only way to multiply time so that there's not a scarcity of time. Individually, there's only 24 hours in a day. So I, I find it really, really powerful that when I can find someone to knock out some of those tasks that you're talking about or the things that I'm weak in, uh, but if, not only that, if I'm not weak in it and I could still do it, just the fact that I don't have to do it because right. in that same day, it may not powerful, Just because you can do it, is it the best use of your time, right? Yeah, le leveraging, leveraging people for time uh, is – Man, it's so now a lot of people won't do it because they don't want to release control of what they're trying to do. Like I have people that are in my business in a loan officer business, for example. You have loan officers hit ceilings in their production because they try to do it all in the loan process instead of leaving it to a loan officer assistant, a processor. They'll get loans in and then they'll babysit their pipeline and not go out and prospect and get more business because they want it done the way they do it. And nobody can do it the way I do it. And what it comes down to is that even if somebody can do it, 65 to 70% of what the capacity that you could do it and you get multiple of those people, you're still better off than doing it yourself because you can bring a lot more business in the door, get them a lot more accomplished, but you just have to see it happen first because that control thing, there's something there that people just, they, they just won't let go. 100%, man. And here's a comment. I, I want to, it ties into what you were just saying. From I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Joadmere. I know I butchered that. I apologize, but Americans should. It ties into what you were talking about earlier with gratitude as well, um, and kind of what we were just saying. So Americans should thank God ten thousand times a day for their situation. Imagine being born in Iran, where you're not allowed to get Master, Visa, Card, PayPal, etc. No visa to any country. Twenty-four month service. You know, it's so true. And, and, you know, the gratitude part and like this, like we're lucky. Like we have things like, are you familiar with Upwork? Do you know what Upwork is? I've heard it's of like it. A, it's, it's, a, it's an online, I use it a lot. It's kind of what we were just talking about for outsourcing. It's like an independent contractor site where you can get literally anybody to do anything. Um, you know, we have so many advantages and, and you know, the, the amount of money that we make versus some of these other third world countries that don't have the opportunities to, to outsource and have to do, you know, we are so fortunate. And so that's, it's a good opportunity to what we were just saying to pause. And, and admittedly, we, we are in a very good situation because we can afford, you know, and again, we both started in a bad place, but we worked our way up there. And so, 
for, for this question this guy is asking, remember that as an owner, growth owner of your life, you can do the same thing. Obviously, your situation, yep. though, I acknowledge you're starting at a much more difficult place to get there. But you definitely can. Will, Will, here's the thing. I'd say this. Now, look, when I tell people stuff, I'm not trying to tell people how to live their lives. I'm only telling you what works for me and what's changed things for me. This will sound corny as I don't know what. But when I wake up in the morning, first thing that comes to my mind now, I'm trained now. First thing, as soon as my eyes open, thank you for another day. Thank you for another day to be a positive impact on someone. Thank you for another day to be around my family. That's the first thing that comes to my mind every day. I don't think about, oh, man, what day is it? I got to do this today. I got to do that today. My foot hurts. This and I don't do any of that. That's the first thing. Second thing, I wiggle my – again, this is corny. I'm going to tell you up front. But this works for me. And it's changed my mindset and my attitude. I can't, I can't stress this enough. I wiggle my toes and my feet uh, and my fingers. And I'm like, yes, I have hands. I have feet. There's people that don't have that. Yes, I'm laying in a soft bed. Yes, I have, I have a house. And I go through this every day without – like I don't ever miss a day with this. And before I hop out of bed, I go through this, this gratitude exercise. And what it's done for me is eliminated anything I could complain about, eliminated anything that I could see as negative, And I start my day off the right foot. And, man, it's just changed everything. So, again, I'm not telling people how to do their, like, live their lives and all this. But if it works for me, I know it can work for you. You should try it. And don't do it just once and say, oh, it doesn't work. Consistency is the key with anything. And man, I'll tell you that with the gratitude exercise that we do at our office, man, we do what we do. We're very blessed, man. And even if you're in Iran, you are still blessed. If you have feet, if you have legs, if you have arms, if you have eyes, you can see, you can breathe air, man, you're still blessed. So be blessed and be thankful. You know, well said, well said, man. Yeah. I, I, I it's another, you know, earlier I was mentioning different qualities with different successful people, not just in business, but in what I call, you know, firing on all cylinders in all five cores, in all areas of your life. Gratitude is one that I feel like almost, if not every single one shares, right? And, and everybody's got their own system. You do it right when you get up. I do it. I call it habit stacking, uh, which is a James Clear term from Atomic Habits, great book. Um, and you just mentioned about you got to do it every day. You got to be consistent and then it becomes part of you. So I habit stack it. I, I tore my ACL playing basketball last year. So I do my stretches every morning. I have to kind of yeah. do them for the rest of my life. At first, it sucked, right? But then you get over that initial hump, and now it's just it's part of my routine. In my shower, I do my stretches. And as I'm doing that, I say my mantra to myself. And my mantra are all the, the, the things kind of – they, they incorporate my five cores and the things that are super important to me and that I want to focus on and make sure that I'm doing that day. And then at the very end, I say what I'm grateful for, and just like you do. And that just – it starts you with this rocket boost, and you just can't not – you can't start your day in a bad mood when you're like, look at all this stuff that yep. I have. And, and it goes back to that mindset of owner versus growth owner versus fixed victim. What do you think a fixed victims focusing on most of the time? All the stuff they don't have, all the stuff that the world didn't give to them because it's unfair that they don't have certain skills and they can never get right. But that just breeds less action and negative momentum versus when you focus on that good stuff, it breeds more action. Like we were talking to at the opening of the show, it ripples into other areas. All of a sudden you're grateful for this. You're grateful for your, for your health, for your strength. What do you want to do? You want to go work out, right? You're helpful for your, for, for your family, for, for, you know, the, the joy and the love that you guys share together. What do you want to do? You want to go spend more time with your family. It's just, it's magic. And that's how it works. Yeah, man. I mean, I just, uh, I, I, 
there's no room for success. There's no room for great feelings. There's no room for any of that when you play the victim role and you complain. Complainers really, they have no, they have nowhere to go. Like there's no room for anything for them. They fill up all this space. They use all this energy on complaining and pointing things out that are wrong. And uh, I just, we, we and my family and my, my, my company, we just don't have any room for that. We, we nip it in the bud. We call it out right away. We're very fierce with it. Like to the point where like, if you're in a, like, like a couple of my buddies that are, that work with me and my, my leadership team are in a chat text chat. And sometimes they'll get, they'll slip up and, and put a little complaint in there and negativity. And we told each other, look, if you catch yourself doing that before you text and push send, punch yourself in the face. Not really, but just like hit yourself. Right. And we're a little bit over the top with it, but like we, that, that would make somebody possibly that reads that drop down a notch and that's not fair to them. So yeah, we're we're very very keen on those kind of things. I don't care what people call, people can call me a tryhard. They can call me whatever they want. I'm riding high. We're having success, and I'm lifting people up around me. So I love being called names when I'm doing great things for people. Love it, man. Well, with that said, um, this has been an amazing interview. Let me give you an opportunity. I really appreciate you being with us again. Sorry about the the stuff in the beginning yeah, there. Right. Uh, once we got rolling, you killed it. Uh, you, you shared, you dropped some serious knowledge and you accomplished your mission, which is you just want to help bring people up. And I, I know that anybody that listened today um, felt that and hopefully uh, helped them and, and motivated them to just start doing some things that taking those actions, building those habits that maybe they're not currently doing. So I like to end with one question and then I want to give you a chance to tell people where they can find you and whatnot. Uh, before you, so we won't call it, I call it my rock bottom. When you were, you know, in those early stages where you said it was tough and with the trash bags and, and, and going, you know, visit and, and the dad, what is a failure habit that you feel from a, the broken system? Like we were talking about earlier that you had developed that at some point you knew you had to, shift it and change it. And when you did, and you turned it into a success habit, replaced it with something else, really made a huge difference in your life and what you're doing now. There's a couple things. One, I, I really concerned with the people that are around me, my kids, my wife, my employees, my partners. I'm really concerned with them, not myself. I'm really concerned with them. And if I don't act right and make the right decisions, I know their eyes are on me. I know they're watching me. Not like big brother watching me, but they're watching for reactions, for things that I do. Um, and, and so that matters to me. So when I make decisions or I go and do, like, decide if I'm going to do something, I always concern myself with, hey, I know I got eyes on me. I got to make sure that I'm lifting people up and giving them direction to rise. The other thing is when I turn 40, I stop thinking I know everything. I, said, I, said, I had to say to myself, hey, dummy, you don't know everything. So I turned into a sponge at that moment. From after college till about 40, I thought I knew everything, I, you know, and, and that didn't serve me well. So I started start, you know, reading like crazy. I read 10 pages in the morning, 10 pages at night. That's 20 pages a day, 30 days. That's 600 pages. That gets you through two to three books a month. I started watching. I started finding mentors of people that were where I am or where I want to be and have what I want. And I started immersing myself in their content and not thinking that I was too good for that. Not thinking that, oh, I've heard this already. When I go to seminars or, or masterminds, I didn't, I didn't go to there and say, oh, I heard that already. This is the same old bull crap. I didn't do that. I, I went there intentionally and picked three to five things that I wanted to learn there. And I opened up my ears and eyes and attention to look for those things. 
And that's changed everything for me. So I think that those are the two things that I would have to answer that question with. Great answer. Yeah. So I call them failure versus success habits. So you develop the success habit of basically growing your mind continually. Like you have a, a, a system for reading um, and you, you go into things. Make it, and, and it is, it's important. There's a, there's a difference between just being like, oh, yeah, you know, I know I need to learn things. But pro, and proactively going into, like you said, a conference or reading a book and being like, okay, I'm going to open my mind. Whatever pre-existing beliefs I might have aren't necessarily right. Just like you said, when you turn 40, you realize you don't know anything. We all grew up with that system. We all grew up with the parents that we had and this and then that. And our beliefs that we have, nobody's 100% right. Everybody can learn and can always grow. And so that's, that's awesome. I'm the same way. I, I, I have a, a, I'm an insatiable reader and I'm constantly learning and growing. And one thing I've learned is what's interesting is while life is complex, principles aren't. And so I've heard the same, you, you kind of, you tend, you get to a point where it starts to really sink in and you're like, okay, what this guy's saying is basically what those other four guys said. And this is how I see it. And it starts to sink into to your, I call it your why, like, or excuse me, that's from Simon Sinek. Let me give him credit. Um, who, who talks about, you want to connect with your why, like, why am I doing this? Why am I, I, I taking the action that I'm taking? And it goes to, you know, you know, when people say you need to get in better, I, I know I should get in better shape or I know I should, you know, get a better job or, or become an entrepreneur. But if you're not like connected on a more on a deeper level, and that's what reading and, and, and getting inspired by these types of people, like you said, that you want to be like and you're hearing it in different ways and it finally just starts to sink and you're like, OK, this is a principle in life. And like all these other guys are doing it. If I do it. I'm going to also be successful and it's just got to burn a hole in you. Like we were talking about earlier, that desire backed by faith. Yep. So 100%. dude, thank you so much for sharing with us. Tell us where we can find you and, and where people can get more information. So obviously on Instagram, I answer all my DMS. So if you have any questions or want to engage further with me, DM me on Instagram at Mikey C rock with no K and also the Mike C rock, the Mike C rock with no K the Mike C rock.com. Go there, check it out. My podcast is on there. Uh, what are you made of podcast on Apple? iTunes or Spotify. And also my YouTube channel is uh, up there as well. And I put all the podcasts on the YouTube channel so people can watch them as well. I had some great guests, Grant Cardone, Tim Story, Brad Lee. I've had a lot of people, Dave Meltzer, a lot of great names, great, great what do you, content. Sorry, real quick. What is your, what is the theme of your podcast? Uh, the What Are You Made Of podcast is all about telling stories of your setbacks, letdowns, and negativity that you've converted into rocket fuel to get to right. where you are today. Love it. Love it. Well, I'd love to be on your podcast. So if, if you'll have a, a humble guy like me, I have a great story that I'd love to tell. I love doing these, these swaps. I do that all the time with people that I interview. We swap. Yeah, a hundred percent. Towards the end of the year, we're going to start recording again. So definitely we stay in touch and then uh, I would love to have you on, man. Love man. Love it, man. Well, thanks brother. Thanks for sh dropping some wisdom, some knowledge. I know everybody was, um, we got some great comments in here. A lot of times we kind of well, we'll go to comments and stuff. We did that a little bit, but because you were on fire and there was such great conversations going, we didn't get a chance. Uh, but you can always reach out to Brian and, and myself with DMs and we'll see you next time. All right, Well, thank you very much, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye. That's it for today's episode of the Five Core Live podcast. If you have not already, please follow and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. And of course, if you got a ton of value and you think someone else in your network might as well, share the podcast so others can enjoy. That's it. Now it's time for you to go fire on all cylinders. See you next time. Get moving. Build momentum. Join the movement. Go to moremomentum.com to take a free life evaluator quiz on where you currently stand in each of your five cores.